and 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 we you should bleep out what I call us and just have your voice come in and say Rob and then Greg and Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, added a little flair to that. Because because I'm totally gonna say that and I'm probably gonna shout it. You should just bleep me out and override me. The whole the whole episode? No, 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 no. Just this part where it says my name is I'm gonna hire a voiceover actor to be you. <laughs> like that um that uh Liberty commercial. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Liberty Liberty. Liberty Bibbity. Can I come out of the water? Okay. You are Good. listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode one, two, three. How did I get one, two, three? That's awesome. This is the Give Me Five Podcast. A, let's face it, if you're listening to it, this is a very entertaining thing. We talk about pop culture, nostalgic movies, and music. My name is... Hey, 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 balls. Hey, fart. How's it going? What's going on, penis? <laughs> this okay, week... Uh, wait, hold on. Wait, before Rob gets started, uh, just a warning. Jimmy and I, we apologize in advance for Rob. He bought some rum this evening. I did, and it's and really drank. good. And then all. I may have drank the whole... No, I didn't drink the whole <laughs> But I'm on keto, so any little bit of alcohol affects me greatly. Oh, um, I've heard that. So, yeah, um, I bought some Code Pirate Rum, or yeah, I, I love their tagline. Their tagline is keep to the code, but the, it's it's Code Rum, and they've got numerous different flavors. I discovered them at the Tampa Bay Renaissance Festival. It's, guys, it's While he really, was showing his anus to people. <laughs> there, there may or may not have been some anus showing. Um what a good place the, to advertise. The the rum is really good. Their their cinnamon rum tastes just like one of those old-fashioned atomic fireballs. They've got a key lime rum, they've got a mango tango rum, they've got a silver rum, but their spiced rum, yo, their spiced rum is where it's at. It is so good. And I also oh, oh <laughs> I had people I literally had, just had an orgasm. I <laughs> think so. In my mouth. I totally had <laughs> one of their cinnamon rum rum cakes because they had them at the festival. Their rum cakes were so good, and you can get them on the uh, on the website. We'll, you know what? We'll post the website on our on our website. We'll post their website on our website, maybe on our Instagram. But their rum cake because you can order them on their website. Their rum cakes are so good. You need them in your life. You should try. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Code Rum. The company a, that's not paying us to do this. <laughs> so they can go kiss it's my a ass. Florida handcrafted rum. You can find them at thecoderum.com. Is that what it is? Really? Yes, it is. Did you just look it up? Oh, I sure did. Freaking awesome. Okay, what are we supposed to be talking about this I swear week, it, Jimmy? This week, it. we're going to talk about the new Pixar film Onward. Apparently, we're also going to talk about Code Rum. But that's already done. We're going to yes. talk about the new Pixar film Onward, the game The Sinking City, as well as our movie of the week, a 1992 sci-fi comedy gem, Mom and Dad Save the World. Gem? Well, it Jim does start. 
A Death Star, Jeffrey Jones. So I apologize for that in advance, but you know, whatever. Yeah. And now a word from another gem. That's me. Oh, you. This is a review show, and there will probably be spoilers. We will try to avoid any major twists regarding the new film Onward and the game The Sinking City. However... No, we won't. uh, (laughs) The... Movie of the week is from 1992, so expect spoilers there. Oh, God. What just happened? Nothing. I fixed it. News. (laughs) Sorry. Other other than drunk as hell Rob. (laughs) uh, Well, not a lot. I don't have – I don't know if there's really any good news. Um, no, there you really guys, there, now there is uh, one good thing before we get into some of the uh, more depressing aspects of the show this week. Aside from the movie onward, um, there is an altered carbon anime that is coming out on March 16th. So to fill the time between Ultra Carbon Season 2 and Season 3, which there will probably be, you should definitely check that out on Netflix starting March 16th. It looks really good. The animation style is very Street Fighter. Um, It's all CG models. Um, It doesn't look like bad anime. So I would definitely check it out. I had my hesitations, but if you watch the trailer, I think you'd be sold on it. It's called Resleeved. Interesting. Yeah, I saw a still image of that. I haven't seen the trailer yet. It, the trailer is very good. Animation's very good. It's it's not it's not shitty anime. Okay. So definitely check it out. Um, now some depressing news, guys. Father Marin himself, Max von Sydow, has passed away at the age of ninety. Yeah, that makes me sad uh, a little bit. Lived a, a very long and successful career. He was a, that is uh, a, our fault, I believe, because we spoke about him two weeks ago. Yeah, we must stop doing that. And a we movie, suck. <laughs> um, a movie I've talked about a lot, and uh, hopefully this is not my fault. Actor Nicholas Tucci, who played the role of Felix in one of my favorite horror movies of all time, Your Next, has passed away at the age of thirty-eight. Unfortunately, God, that's, that's really young. What did he re- die from? Uh, cancer. Wow, at thirty-eight, yeah. really? Mm-hmm. Holy, because yeah. he wouldn't turn off his damn cell phone. <laughs> so, uh, right up until the end, he was um, he was going to auditions. Uh, he is in a couple of films coming out. Um, so definitely celebrate them in the life of Nicholas Tucci. Gone too soon for sure. That- and. And I felt bad because I kind of, I kind of described when somebody asked me who Max von Sydow was, I was like, "What? He was Magneto." And then I was like, "No, wait, no, he wasn't. That was Ian McKellen." But they kind of look the same. Yeah, old white guys just all look the same to you, don't they? They do. I'm you racist. know, I I can't blame you there. I, I always get uh, Max von Sydow, Christopher Lee, and Ian McKellen mixed up. <laughs> yeah, well, Max von Sydow, he was he was in. Star Wars, the yeah, he the... was he was the guy mm-hmm. that gave the map to Poe. Yeah, Laura Santeca, uh, I believe is yeah. the guy's name. Yep. In um, uh, the Force <clears throat> Awakens, is that what it was? Yes. 
so I got a little bit of news here. This is probably not news to most people, but if you were planning on going to an event, it was probably canceled. It may have been. And and I, I swear to God, I'm hoping that Megacon holds on because I, I would like to believe that they won't cancel Megacon unless the city of Orlando absolutely makes them do it. But yeah. Megacon is on my birthday, and I've already planned about it. I've took like four days off of work. I'm taking a full week off of work. I really hope they don't cancel Megacon. Yeah, so uh, South by Southwest, which we talked about last week. Also, Ultra, the big techno festival down in Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pearl Jam postponed their concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coachella yeah. is going to move to October. Uh, E3, which is the big video game conference. NAB, which is the broadcasters conference, which is big in, in my world and Jimmy's world. Oh, wow. Really? They canceled on AB. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, the NCAA tournament is going to still go on, but it's going to be played without any fans in the crowd. And, uh, and- NBA games, too. The the Warriors today played a game without anybody in the crowd. And and I I may have a rant, but I really think this is totally blown out of proportion. I was wondering about that, and uh, you know, you guys, I people make fun of me for being a germaphobe, and they're like, "Are you, you must be freaking out?" I'm like, "No," because I literally always am freaking out, so I'm not any freaking out anymore. Because mm-hmm. like, yeah. even I think a couple of weeks ago on the episode, Jimmy's like, "How do you pee so fast?" And usually, I'm not leaving. The, I wasn't leaving the classroom to pee. I was leaving the classroom to wash my hands because I right. touched. Because I touched, oh. like, if I touched anyone's computer, I would run out of the classroom and wash my hands. Um, but any- you know, ten years, Greg. Yeah. So, was, but I, <laughs> someone put it to me. It was I was actually listening to a clip from uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, which is like the mm-hmm. world's most popular podcast. Yeah, and he had a guy on, and, yeah, uh, and not one to. Uh, be a liberal he's not a liberal podcaster by any stretch of the means or anything along those lines so he had a, a germologist or whatever basically a yeah, guy that tracked germologist tracks down, uh, i forget the exact term he tracks down where diseases viruses and virologist viral whatever he figures virologist, out where they start yeah yeah um and he said the basically the reason for this is that if the best case scenario right now is they expect 640,000 people to be hospitalized. Mm. There's okay. n- there's 90,000 ICU beds in the country, period. So already in Italy, they're at the point to where they're looking at people and saying, nope, sorry, you're you're going to die. And they don't want that to happen here. So they're trying to stretch out. They're trying to stretch out. the. They know they're not going to be able to stop the infections, mm-hmm. but they're trying to keep it from peaking and make it more they're flattening the curve so to speak um so that's that's kind of why they're doing some of this stuff sure you know if it wasn't that big of a deal people wouldn't be walking away from millions of dollars are are you are you waiting for me to speak because i i have lots to say on this and it is it is blown way out of proportion People are friggin' retarded with going out to the store and buying out the toilet paper. Are you are you effing serious? Well, why yeah, is fun. why is toilet paper sold out? Are you kidding me? People are so dumb. Look, the number one the number one way to prevent getting sick is to wash your friggin' hands. Wash your goddamn hands yeah. with soap and water. And you'll be fine. Stop touching your face. 
Stop touching your face and stop washing and, and keep washing your hands with soap and water. You know what? The sanitizer that you've been buying at the at the Walmart or whatever isn't going to do shit because the sanitizer is antibacterial and antibacterials do jack all against viruses. The antibacterial isn't going to protect you against a virus. You need to wash your goddamn hands with soap and water because that will wash the virus off your hands before you go and touch your face and stick your fingers up your friggin' nose. Uh, right? are, we allowed to, are we allowed to touch each other's faces? After you wash your hands. <laughs> nice. Fair enough. Oh, man. Uh, apparently the sanitizer, yeah, you're right. he's right. If it's, if it's the non-alcoholic sanitizer, it does not work. As long it as it shit. is... If it has to be higher than sixty percent alcohol mm. to to even make a dent in anything. Yeah, and you know what? In that case, all it's going to do is dry out your hands. Just wash your friggin' hands. I, I wash your hands with soap and water. Never understood why that it was such a difficult thing for people to begin with. Why you should be washing? People should be washing their hands, especially if now is the first time they're buying toilet paper, because apparently that's what's going on. People like, I, I saw a meme the other day that was hilarious. It made me laugh because it said, "People aren't shaking hands because of coronavirus." I'm not shaking hands because t- toilet paper is sold out everywhere. <laughs> yep, <laughs> pretty much. What are people wiping their asses with? Three shells. But I mean, seriously, the part of the problem is that is that it's being so inundated in in news coverage. I'm not going to say it's the media because, you know, whatever. But the the numbers are so distru- just disproportionately skewed because someone shows up, a young, healthy person shows up to a walk-in clinic, and, the walk-in cl- and they've got signs of the flu because right now coronavirus presents as nothing other than the flu. And the treatment is essentially the same. There's a little bit of differences, but you know what? A healthy person fights it off. So they show up with with sim- flu-like symptoms, and the, the walking clinic says, oh, you've got the flu. Go home and do this. They go home. They take a couple of days. You know, oh, you know, it's gone. But, you know, we don't know that they've had coronavirus, so we think it's the flu. And coronavirus is just severely underreported. That's why the numbers are so high for the death rate compared to the infection rate because it's so underreported because people who are going into walking clinics, ERs or whatever, aren't being tested off the bat for coronavirus. They're just, they're like, you've got the flu, go home, take care of this. So the numbers are super inflated. That's why everybody's like, Oh, coronavirus is terrible. Yeah. It's terrible if you're elderly, but if you're a young, healthy person and you're a kid you know, you're, you're going to fight it off. It's, it's a, it's essentially the flu. Just Mm -hmm. suck it up and deal with it. You're going to be sick. It's going to suck. You'll be all right. If you're over 60, you might have something to worry about because the elderly are the ones who are being hit the worst with coronavirus. So wash your goddamn hands. All right. Just, and if you do feel sick, stay the hell home, wash your hands. And if you feel the sick, if you feel the sick, I just turned into Starfire from Teen Titans. If you feel the sick, feel the sick. Stay the hell home and don't touch the Rob's face. Don't touch the Rob. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I am not down with the sickness. Yes. Okay. The rant was, uh... came at the beginning of the episode, but Jesus, people, come on! Don't be stupid. 
Yeah, don't be a Florida person. Oh, <laughs> my God, Florida story. Does anybody else have a Florida story? No, you're the host. There apparently was a man. <laughs> there was a Florida a man. man. A Florida man. Wait, is this WTF, Jimmy? Sir, I do believe this is WTF, a story that we find each week from the great state that always makes us say, what the fuck? What do you got, Rob? <laughs> so apparently, Florida man repeatedly offers to show IHOP patrons his genitals while showing them condoms. <laughs> like, model them? And Wait, then... What? <laughs> and then... He was arrested after be or he was arrested after being released on those charges for stealing donuts. What was he going to do with the donuts? A Florida man who was repeatedly showing guests at IHOP condoms as he tried to get them to look at his genitals. Now, you see, when I read... My Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity Breakfast? Now, when I read this story, I'm picturing the movie Waiting, where everybody's trying to get you to look at their balls. They're like, oh, it's the oh, bat yeah. wing. Oh, it's the goat. Oh, it's the brain. You know, that kind of shit. Uh, so a Florida man who was repeatedly showing guests at IHOP condoms as he tried to get them to look at his genitals was arrested. And then after he was released, he stole some donuts. <laughs> what he said was he wanted to give them to the cops because the cops love donuts <laughs> clearly uh this person <laughs> has uh has got into some powdered sugar if you will yeah i i just had a complete flashback to the fact that when that movie waiting came out i lived in an apartment full of guys and they were constantly trying to show me their balls <laughs> and, and now i need therapy yeah but thanks ryan reynolds not nearly as much as the guy that's trying to show like i don't get it yeah like alan ibanez alan ibanez obviously Ibanez's. something not right in the head but like that's a wacky ass fetish he he approached tables and offered to show offered to display his genitals while showing them condoms. Um, they the managers asked him to leave. He refused. So the deputies, uh, you know, police arrested him. And then later in the day, he or he bonded out of jail only to be arrested again at four p.m. In that incident, deputies said he went to a gas station. He ate a donut inside the store and walked out with the other without paying. And he admitted to stealing the donuts. To give it to law enforcement officers because, quote, all cops love donuts. And he looks like the damn Night Stalker killer. He totally does. And he was arrested on petty theft after that. Oh, God. Oh, he's got. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, honey. And he's no. got like a he's got like a, a, a scar or like a scab in in between his eyes like somebody <laughs> Tried to, like he tried to carve a swastika on his forehead, like no, Charlie Manson. That doesn't look like a musical note tattoo to you guys. He he looks kind of Filipino. I gotta say, he looks Filipino. It looks like a musical note. I think it is. It's tattooed right between his eyebrows. It is. He's, is that he's, a musical note? He's not. He's not an unattractive man. 
uh, save for the you know, face I, tattoo. Okay. I, I think Jimmy would enjoy uh, eating a plate of pancakes while looking at his genitals. Based on that <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Breakfast and I, a I don't get how this went down. Did he just go in there? Fruity, duty, Abenez's fruity. He's like, hey, look at this. Look at this. Like, He's going to fall how... out of his chair. Yeah, almost. Um, yeah, man. Pinellas County. Here we go. Representing this week in WTF. Congratulations, Alan. Congratulations. Good job, Ibanez. Yeah, idiot. Alan Alan Moron. Okay, <laughs> let, let's move on from Florida to our movies and main topics of this week. Uh, let's go. Uh, I guess we'll start off with Onward. Jimmy, did you get a chance to see this? Because I know at one point you hadn't seen it yet, and it was a question as to whether or not you'd get it in. I did not see it. Ah, uh, question of whether he'd get it in. Uh, there is. So we we will not be let's Greg. We will not be spoiling. Grow up, Giggity. Thank you. Uh, so we will not be spoiling this movie, but uh, it was released March sixth of 2020 directed by dan scanlon starring or voice active voice acting by tom holland chris pratt julia yep julia louis dreyfus octavia spencer and john ratzenberger really who was he in that movie ratzenberger yeah he, he was the uh the construction worker at, towards the end i told i totally missed him he's he's in all of the I, no, I I, I I realize that, but I mean, he's got a voice that I typically recognize when I see it, and I he's, totally he's missed jumping him. out. He's jumping out of the way, so it's hard to tell. But I okay. I went through and I put it in there because of the fact that he's in there. Uh, okay. Synopsis: uh, Set in a suburban fantasy world, two teenage elf brothers embark on a quest to discover there's still magic out there. A little simplified, but basically, you guys have probably seen the trailer out there. It is a Pixar movie. It has got. It's basically a world in which technology and uh, drudgery has taken over. In a world, of, yes. Because so, because it's easier than doing magic. The, yeah. So so magic they, has kind of died out. Yeah. Now you, you know unicorns are considered pests, and you know the all of the there's no quests anymore, and all this kind of stuff. And in this world. The uh, father of these two teenage uh, elf brothers has long since passed. The youngest of the two brothers never met the father. The older Mm -hmm. knew him up for, you know, so he's about three or so. They don't really say. Well, but they they did say that he never actually got to say goodbye to his father because he was too scared to go into the room because he had all these tubes and everything yeah. coming out of him. So the father g- died from something, you know, he was sick and, you know, medicine wasn't able to save him. Yeah. And and I got to say damn you Pixar. Damn. Yeah, you. we're, we're going to get to that. So basically when the the one brother turned 16, so the father's been dead for at least mm-hmm. a little bit over 16 years. They he finds the father says told the mother to give them his staff. The staff had a spell attached to it that he can, that they can bring him back for one day just to see what the, the kids are like. Um, the spell gets broken halfway through doing it. And basically the father is just a pair of legs running around for mm-hmm. the, for the movie. But of course he will go away in 24 hours. 
So they're going on a quest to get a new gem to make the father complete for that 24 hours. Yeah. Um, so it's it's basically a quest. There are... I, I very much enjoyed this movie. I, looked, I did. Well. It looked great. Um, it was really interesting and fun to see just like what the, the fantasy fairy tale creatures like became in the mm-hmm. modernized world, which I thought was kind of funny. Like the, the, the pixies that were <laughs> a bicycle gang, mm-hmm. uh, not a band, not a punk band, not a punk band. No. Oh, Post punk. The manticore who ran like a, a family themed, like Chuck E. Cheese type restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> and, fun. and I, I will say that somebody that I saw the movie with described this perfectly. And I thought it, I thought it was very, very appropriate. They described it as the boys version of frozen. Sign and I up. was like, I was like, yeah, that's that's kind of accurate. Yeah, because you you think, and again, I'm not going to spoil this, and Rob, don't spoil this. Yes, there are some some quote unquote feels. It is a sad movie at times. I did cry. Rob said he cried as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, it's a sad movie, but the sadness is oddly enough not necessarily only involving the the loss of the father because you you kind of don't get to really meet the father. Other than like the legs, just a pair of pants mm-hmm. walking around. Yeah, um, some of the sadness actually comes between the brothers, and that's why I'm going to have to wait for it to come out on Redbox, so I can sit on the couch and just cry the whole fucking time while holding on to a terrier. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to get and, squeezed. And you know, my my initial thoughts in this movie is is I'm not I'm not sure if it's if it's the movie or the fact that it's so close to my dad's birthday, it, for those who don't know, my dad passed away a couple of years ago. Um, his birthday is March 16th. It's the day before St. Patty's day. So it's, it's coming up and I don't know if it's the movie or if it's because it's so close to his birthday, but honestly, this movie probably would have gotten me mm-hmm. at any time of the year. I mean, it, The movie is very well crafted, and I found myself actually crying at at, – and guys, I don't cry in movies. I mean, I I may get misty a couple of times, but I've never actually openly cried at movies. I cried a couple of times in this movie, and I was Mm. – I mean, I'm talking lip quivering, lip quivering, tears running down my face crying. Oh, man. I was like – I was like, oh, my God, I can't – I can't even – right now this is it's too much this movie got me but i i really recommend this movie this movie was absolutely fantastic i loved every minute of this movie even though it hit me right in the feels yeah i i loved the interplay between the brothers and it reminded me a lot of my brother and i because i also i mean i also have a younger brother um and my younger brother was was really attached to my father and it really hit him hard when he passed away and just just the interaction between the brothers and you know the love that they have for each other and everything that goes on between them and the the prospect of actually meeting their father after you know he's passed away when the younger one hasn't really even known him and the older one hasn't had a chance to say goodbye it's just it it really tugs on the heartstrings 
the animation is fantastic. The storyline is great. Like I said, it got me a couple of times. There's a couple of great little little movie gags in in the actual animation. I I can't recommend this movie enough. And I I honestly I will buy this one when it comes out, even though I already have Disney Plus, just because it's one of those movies that I want to own. Right. I understand that completely. Yeah. The uh, uh, I was a little worried going into this movie because I had because Rob had texted me the night before and was like, "Oh man, uh-huh. that movie made me cry," and I was like, "Oh crap." Partially because of me, and partially because there were some tough questions I didn't really want to have to answer for my son. Because mm-hmm. I was like, one being like you know, him being like, "Well, Daddy, what if you die?" kind of thing. Because I remember mm-hmm. me having those questions when I was a kid. Yeah, but he really actually enjoyed it. He he completely blew past the daddy. What if you die part, which maybe I've, I should have concerns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's got plans, but there was a few, but there was a few times. And like, like you said, there's like different levels of crying in movies. And mm-hmm. I don't really cry all that much either. There's like, you know, eyes watering, which would be like a eyes watering a little bit. Cause you saw a Publix commercial where the kid is going off to college or something. There's that. And then there's like, Maybe a little bit of tears kind of kind of seek out yeah. and maybe don't get past your cheek. And then there was this where you, there was actually drips f- f- like of tears coming off of my my cheeks, uh, which is what happened. And then you flip the hood up on your jacket and you're like, OK, um, so it's definitely that level. So but somehow it didn't affect the kids the same way. And I'm, and I think that's kind of interesting. It affected all the parents. It didn't really affect all the kids in the theater, in that way. But the kids all love, seemed to like the movie because it was fun. Um, so I thought that was that was one of the more interesting things. It's definitely, I mean, it's a PG movie, but it's mostly pretty safe for kids. Um, I think one of the things that affected me the most one they mentioned the fact that the dad was an accountant, which my dad was an accountant. Um, so that was and oh, wow. the not going into the room and I, I had a hard time going in the room and he was when my dad was hooked up to machines as well. But mm-hmm. the uh, I, I think the idea of bringing someone back for one more day actually is something that you like start living in that world mentally. And you're like, Oh, it'd be kind of nice. And for me, it was more so that my dad could actually meet my son. And that's what got me because mm. he hasn't, or he didn't, you know? Mm-hmm. So in that in that world, it was like, oh, yeah. It sounds like it's just got a little something that'll punch everyone right in the gut. Yes, but highly suggest seeing it. Uh, okay. Pixar, you did it again. I'll have to get. I'll, I'll get to it. Uh, get to it when I work up the nerve. Yeah, and I mean, even aesthetically, like based on the stuff that we like, you know, the the eighties metal aesthetic and the van with like the Pegasus or unicorn yeah. or whatever painted on the side makes it even harder for me. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Um, now, so, uh, let me. So, both of you are giving this a very strong endorsement. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I, I assume you would both say go see it in the theater. Absolutely. Uh, if not an opening day, then a uh, you know a matinee. Yeah, I, d- I don't know that you have to see it opening day, but mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend seeing it in the theater. So, a matinee would be your best option. Now. IMAX 3D? Necessary? No. Might improve it? 
What do you uh, think? There, there are a couple of scenes that might benefit from 3D, but all in all, I, I really don't think this movie absolutely has to be seen in 3D. Mm-hmm. It's a very grounded movie, uh, ironically. Yeah. Um, there, there's a very big sequence scenes. at the end, which would be very cool to see. It's a very awesome sequence at the end that'd be neat to see, but it's not necessary. Got it. I mean, it's a bigger theater; less people will see you cry, <laughs> or maybe, or maybe more people will see you cry. You <laughs> if know? I go see it in the theater and somebody comes within like four seats of me, I'm gonna be like, "Fucking don't!" <laughs> just start, just start coughing uncontrollably. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's onward. Go see it. Support good movies so that we're not stuck. Support good original movies so that we are not stuck with remakes. Oh, uh, one other thing I did not mention, by the way, real quick. Uh, the director who also wrote it, Dan Scanlon, uh, just to kind of give a mindset when he made this movie, mm-hmm. uh, he made he did not meet his own father. And oh, really? So when he was deciding, when he was working on a movie, I think he also wrote Inside Out. And when they were working on whatever the next movie was going to be, he actually was going through some boxes of stuff and he found an audio cassette that had his dad's voice on it. And he had never heard his dad's voice. And it was like, and that's one, why they wrote the movie and two, why he had that cassette that said dad. And he was, remember he was talking back to it. Yeah. That, I mean, he didn't do that in real life, but like, that's where, (laughs) that's where the idea of the movie came from. Oh God. Coronavirus. We'll be replacing Rob next week. He's going to be recording from a plastic bubble. <laughs> okay, moving on. Altered Carbon Season 2, we are going to do our second part review. I've been busy as shit this week, so I didn't actually get a chance to finish it, although I tried. Okay. So you guys are going to talk about it. I am only up to Episode 7. Rob, did you get to finish it? I did. I finished it last night. Okay. I'm like... <sighs> Season one was really so much better. Agreed. Um, yeah, you know, my sentiment. They, they tried to do way too much. It it got really, I wrote down here on the uh, on the notes that it got real goofy in episode seven. Episode mm-hmm. seven, I almost turned it off and walked away from it forever. Um, it, it just became so convoluted with um there were were multiple people <laughs> oh snap sorry breaking news breaking news the nba nba just canceled the rest of the regular season what wow the nba are they just canceled the rest of the regular season but due to the coronavirus wow. so wait they canceled all of the games or they just canceled uh um... the rest of the regular season no did they cancel the games or did they just cancel the attendance for the games? Are they um, still going to play the games just it's with breaking no- news so they have not I can't, I have not seen the uh article. Then yeah. we will So I will to, I will keep uh, you posted. Jimmy, please go. On. Keep us posted on that one. Yeah. Um as I was saying in episode 7, which is the uh episode right before the last one, I was left pretty confused if at any point I felt like uh, as we talked about last time, it was not the type of show just to put on in the background. This was definitely not, you have got to stay, you know, completely alert the whole time. 
because there are multiple people or entities occupying stacks. Of course, we've got double sleeving, which is a crime punishable by real death, uh, which I don't even know who's in a stack anymore at this point or who's who or who's real or their copies. And I'm just like, man, just take this thing out to pasture. It's yeah, it's done. But I did not. I did not enjoy the second season as much as I did the first season. No, Um, there was there was not nearly as much. It it seemed like they went from the who done it mystery kind of thing that we had going on in the first season to sci-fi. How much bullshit can we cram into this and make it absolutely ridiculous in the season two? And and I'm like the season two kind of seems like how far can we bend and stretch the rules to make it seem like, Oh, you know, there's, there's stuff going on here that we, I, I really enjoyed the detective aspect and the, the story that they had going on in season one, but season two complete. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but season two completely abandoned the whole detective aspect of it. Did they not? Uh, Yeah, I would say so. It became strictly yeah. more yeah. of a sci-fi action kind of thing as opposed to a detective who done yeah. it, kind of correct? I mean, in, in season two, you kind of knew who was behind it. There, It was more deception than investigation, uh, I I would say. There were, there. oh, maybe, okay, maybe that person wasn't solely responsible for that thing, but mm-hmm. it, it was a lot less of clues and mystery and things like that. It was just a lot of bullshit. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I I have to say I'm really disappointed in season. Yeah, I Greg, I'd say it's not worth finishing if you if you um, don't have the time. Yeah, it's to me it got that bad. I really enjoyed and Rob, I don't know if you you agree with this or not. I really enjoyed the grittiness of season one. I I absolutely did. Yeah, and and I think I think by far the biggest. Det- the the biggest indicator of what this season is is that the most compelling storyline even after i finished the season the most compelling storyline of season 2 is poe and his girlfriend uh, would you agree uh, i wrote down here poe slash ai girlfriend better love story than takeshi and kilcrest nobody gives a shit about takeshi and not kilcrest. anymore kilcrest or whatever her name is i mean nobody nobody cares i I only wanted to see the shit. I wanted to know what was going to happen with Poe. I wanted Poe to be okay. I wanted Poe that, to... That's what I've been watching for as well. I, okay. Exactly. I wanted Poe to advance his character. I wanted to see what was going to happen with Poe. I honestly couldn't give a crap about Takeshi and Kelcrest at this point in the in the show. And I'm like, why is that? They're the main characters. But for me, Poe and and dig were the most yeah. important characters in the show. And I'm like, that is the most compelling part of this story. There's something wrong here. Um, part of, part of it for me, I think is like this big re- talk of this big rebellion and all this, this kind of stuff. And like, I kind of didn't care about that. And they Nobody didn't have, they didn't really have, the, did. and they, they didn't really have the budget to show it or to <laughs> do it service. Well, <laughs> I guess you'll just have to finish it then to find out what's up with that because so the, uh, sorry, I'll let you finish. Then I will give you the NBA news. I was going to say, I, 
I have to say, and I I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but apparently I'm going to be that guy. For for a show that was like so pushing the edge and they're like, they didn't care about, you know, it, it's on Netflix and, you know, the R rating or whatever. For a show that kind of flaunted the whole, you know, sleeves are worthless kind of thing, you know, it it, it is what it is and nobody... It, I mean, I, I know I'm complaining about nudity here, but whatever. There was literally only one scene of nudity in the entire season. Whereas in the last one, they really kind of made it seem like, yeah, well, you know, sleeves are kind of like whatever. Who cares? You know, who sees what? Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. And then they kind of stepped away from that. And then there was just one scene in this show after the the mayor or whatever, the governor, governor or whatever. Yeah, after she was re-sleeved mm-hmm. uh, in a clone or whatever, there was there was one scene there, and it was you know whatever. But they they kind of stepped away from that, and it, I I mean I know it sounds like I'm a pervert here complaining about not enough nudity, but well, it they, it it was more shocking in the first season because of what you said, like right, it was, and it was kind of a plot point, and like it doesn't matter if people see me naked because I can always just change my body. It'd be like saying it doesn't matter if someone sees me in this ugly suit because I'm not going to wear it tomorrow. Right. And then they completely abandoned that. They completely got away from that. So it really, for me, it really kind of changed the tone of the show. You know what I'm saying? And I guess, I guess they were kind of going for that with the fact that Kel Chris Falconer was actually still in her human body and, and saying that, you know, there, there is still some, some mystique and some whatever left over with, with the human body. But uh, I don't know. Is she was I just possessed and then in the yeah, roots it was, of some trees or it just it was man, really it was goofy, weird. Man. I, I th- this this season was a big miss for me. I really didn't I really didn't care for the season. And, mm. and in all honesty, it had absolutely nothing to do with Anthony Mackie. And I know people will say, you know, Anthony Mackie isn't all that great, but I thought Anthony Mackie was fine. Um, it was just the writing. I really didn't care for the where the story took them in this season. I wanted more detective, and I got less detective and more Michael Bay. Gotcha. So, Rob, sir, you wanted more detective from Alter Carbon Season 2, yeah? I really did. Well, I really did. How about some detective work in the video game The Sinking City? Ooh, Nice because segue, that's Jimmy. what it is. Thank you, sir. Uh, it was released on June 25th, 2019, and I've just gotten around to playing it. Um, I found the game, the Day One Edition, for $10 on Xbox One. So if you can find it, I would definitely suggest it because it's still 50 60 bucks. Otherwise, you can find it on PlayStation 4, Switch, PC, and Xbox One. Uh, it is inspired by the works of horror fiction author and maniacal racist H.P. Lovecraft. It is set in the fictional city of Oakmont, Massachusetts during the 1920s. The story follows private investigator and war veteran Charles W. Reed as he searches for clues to the cause of the terrifying visions plaguing him and becomes embroiled in the mystery of Oakmont's unrelenting flooding. Now, this story, I believe, in addition to others, is based on the horror at Red Hook, a short story, I believe, by H.P. Lovecraft, set in the world that he created. 
Uh, the game is dark, but not scary. Um, so if you're kind of looking at this going, um, is they going to jump out and scare me and stuff like that? That's uh, definitely not the case. Uh, the game is very pretty. It's very well polished. It sounds good, which I've become very big on lately. Uh, the game mm-hmm. is open world, so I have not completely finished it yet. There is a lot to do in this game, and it's all investigative work. Now, you do get to fire a gun. You get to pilot a boat, which is very cool. It's got a very L.A. noir feel to it, if you've ever played okay. that game. I like that. I like that. Game. It's good uh, without trying to read people's facial expressions, which was really hard. Uh, if I'm being honest, um, it's a, if, if you are mold sensitive, <laughs> then I would stay away from this game because the game is very wet, very, very wet and dark. And I mean, dark in the sense that not, um, was it, uh, battle at, uh, what was it in Game of Thrones? The episode that was way too dark. The one where they were at uh, uh, Winterfell. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I keep wanting to say Helm's Deep, but yeah, I was just about to say Helm's yeah. Deep too. Like, that's definitely um, not it. Not dark in that sense. Just a, a very dark overall, sickening kind of green feel to everything. Um, it, it, you you have to investigate everything that you do. There's no bones about it there's no getting around it Um, Mm -hmm. however it does make it easy enough to know where you should be going if at times you get a little bit lost you can refer to your case file your case logs and put the clues together there there's a really cool feature called the mind palace where as you find clues you go to a different menu and you can put together related clues and make deductions based off of those that will guide you to your next case or side quest. And there are lots of side quests. You'll see people roaming the streets. You can go up to them. They'll say, hey, you want to make some extra bullets? Because that's what the currency is. Money is useless in this town that is completely flooded with water. Um, very mentally challenging, but not too hard because I get super frustrated when I think the developers expect you to know too much. This game does not. Uh, the characters, and, it, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that the characters you meet are a reflection of Lovecraft's racist ideology. So make no bones about it. Lovecraft was maniacally white supremacist. Uh, for better or worse, the developers do acknowledge this at the very beginning of the game rather than attempting to censor it. Uh, it does flash up on the screen. Basically, hey, we're not going to sugarcoat this story. Lovecraft, and and I won't make this about it, but um, it's no excuse that he grew up in the, you know, uh, he was the way he was in the time that he lived. That's no excuse. But uh, this game does not try and sprinkle powdered sugar over uh, what was plaguing our country at the time uh overall though i i definitely check this one out it's not a first person or action 
game necessarily it is third person um just creepy enough not scary but very fun rob rob admit to our admit to our listeners now we're moving on to our final topic admit to our listeners what you have done to us (laughs) i have caused well in all fairness though i will say that this was not my first choice right right yep yep we we were unable to arrange yeah. my first choice out and the I, logistics well that'll take us a yeah. little bit more time and, and and i and i will say that my first choice was actually a better choice because i had i had jimmy watch it not not our jimmy but asian jimmy i had jimmy watch it and he he really liked it so he he was like i can't believe i missed this movie this movie was great so at some point we will watch and review Haunted Honeymoon starring Gene Wilder and Gilda Radner. However, the substitute for Gene Wilder and Gilda Radner's Haunted Honeymoon was in fact the 1992 movie Mom and Dad Save the World starring Jeffrey Jones, Terry Garr, John Lovitz. Um <laughs> interesting. Thomas Rasul Rasulala, who actually died shortly after the movie was yep. filmed. Last acting role. Yeah, it was his was last he, role. Was he the awesome mustache guy? He was. He was. Uh Wallace Shawn, Eric Idle, Dwyer Brown, and Kathy Ireland. Yes. It it was released on July twenty-fourth, nineteen ninety-two. And the synopsis is an alien overlord. Plans to blow up the earth. But first, he snatches and proposes to marry an earth man's wife. Yes. So, <laughs> tell me, guys, what, what were your initial thoughts of this movie? Uh, I have some thoughts. Uh, d- tell me your thoughts, Greg. I really want to know your thoughts. Nobody cares. Jimmy, what are your thoughts? I care. Jimmy cares. First of all, I saw this movie in the theater oh you did i did did because i it was only in the theater as we're gonna learn <laughs> later for like for a week for two and weeks somehow two i weeks. yeah for two weeks and i literally saw it in the theater you because our friend our friend rich thought that the trailer was hilarious and we we went now as i was watching this which i had not even thought about this movie once since seeing it in the theater probably but it as I was watching it and seeing face after face after face of people that not only did I recognize but are semi to pretty big stars. It made me wonder mm-hmm. if John Lovitz might have had some hidden cameras in the SNL dressing rooms and had some like dirt on these people, and were like, "Oh, Kathy Ireland, would you like to be in my terrible movie?" And she was like, "Well, not really." And it's like, "Oh, but." I do have this video that I took of you mm, when you were on yeah. SNL. God, and I forgot it, how hot per, you were. Particularly Terry Garr and Eric Idle. But I found out later why they were actually on there. So that was my thought is how the hell did they get this many big names on there? So mm-hmm. that, that was my thought for a movie that is uh, ridiculous. Okay. And that's, and that's putting it lightly. <laughs> yeah, very lightly. Um, there were two things I remembered about this movie. There was the pick me up grenade, the pick me up light mm. grenade. Yeah, the light grenade. And and this is a weird one. 
but I remember the eating of the what they call them lublubs or something the little toad guys yeah the little mushroom things i remember the eating of the toe and that is something that i think of every time i go to like disney world and you see the animatronic characters i always uh, think of this movie in the scene where the main character eats one of the little guy's toes but mm. up until seeing this today i couldn't have told you what movie that was from or actually until rob brought it up last week i'm sorry um mm -hmm. i remember really extravagant costumes and and there were i mean the costume design in this movie absolutely this fantastic this movie was actually nominated for an award it was a for its costume award. It yeah, was. for its costume. Um, <laughs> better in my head than it actually was. We'll talk mm -hmm. about why. Kathy uh, Ireland, yeah, uh, never known for being a great actress, but I did have a no. huge crush. In fact, she. Oh, so my God, huge. so did I, and she. And this was, I, I swear to God, this movie was Kathy Ireland in her prime. Mm -hmm. She she good, looked good person. She oh, looked fan person. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Person. She looked fantastic in this movie, fantastic. but she was <laughs> dumb as a box of rocks. I mean, she, I did some Kathy Ireland research, and not the type you would think. Uh, one actually pretty good, pretty good person. Mm -hmm. uh, does a lot of charity work. Mm -hmm. A little bit of a fundamentalist, though. A, a little bit of the the uh, you know evolution doesn't exist type, but does definitely does a lot of charity work and one of the top fifty uh, like because of her uh, designer lines and all that stuff one of the top mm -hmm. fifty self made uh, millionaire women in America. Nice, it's actually pretty cool. And and I actually I actually know a guy who was like an extra in multiple movies and stuff and he was he was actually on set when they were working with Kathy Ireland in one of her movies. I don't remember which movie it was. But he said watching her try and hit this mark, all she had to do was turn around, walk up and hit this mark. And he said it, it basically the way he described it was like the guy in the Liberty Mutual commercial, the Liberty Liberty <laughs> guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it 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 was it was like watching her do that. And I was hoping there'd like, be something that would make they were her like, just fuck it. We'll just dub it. Just just turn around and look at the camera. That's all we need you to do. I was hoping there'd be something that would make her less attractive. Be like, yeah, she just farted uncontrollably the whole time she was on set. You know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't even care. I, about that. I remember her mostly for was the movie the being the kicker, necessary roughness. Yep. 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 Oh God, I love that movie. I yep. do too. I love that movie, Scott Bakula. We're oh. gonna have to do that movie someday. Maybe when football season starts, we can do that. If there is a football season, we'll just we'll just do that. That, actually, that was a good movie. I yeah, like that movie. It was a lot of fun. Okay. So let, let's. We're, let, we're not going to probably really go through the plot because there isn't really much of one. But no, this, 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 there's, <laughs> there's there are some interesting way. things. You guys mentioned the the outfits or the the clothing. I did the costumes. The, yeah, I did very much remember the. Like again, what Jimmy said, I did remember the bulldogs, but I couldn't have. Mm -hmm. If you told said, "Hey, what was that movie with the little bulldog guards?" I would have been like, uh, "Was that mom?" I wouldn't have remembered mom and dad's name. 
there that would have been like space right. invaders or something like that right but they, i i did like the little bulldog guards um they made me happy i was watching the movie with a bulldog sleeping on my crotch yeah their costume design was a little too good like did they yeah. actually get little bulldog people yeah to, uh, <laughs> it's possible. To their the little movie. tails wagging whenever they were like leaving the room yeah, was, was adorable it was, it was really really good Mm-hmm. And the set design, however, it did look like something that they threw together for a mystery science theater episode. Like, yeah, it really did. There's a couple things like the the thing they're looking when the thing he looks through at the beginning to like see Earth. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I've seen better prop design in like Halloween Horror Nights. It was like yeah. you could see fingerprints on it and whatever. I mean, of course, we're not supposed to be seeing this movie in high def, but we did. I think. And and I was like, all right, so he pulls them to him with a magnet beam. How the F are they breathing in space? In a freaking station wagon. Station wagon. Yeah. I'm, and I was watching this with, with uh, like I said, Asian Jimmy. And he <laughs> his comment was, you know, because, you know, fuck the laws of physics. <laughs> this movie was so yeah, ridiculous with pulling the physics. station Pulling the station wagon towards them, you know, with a magnet. Well, it's even like steering around, like they do a thing where it looks like it's like pod racing. Yeah. Like going around the mountains and stuff like that. It's like, it's a magnet. It just pulls straight. Like, how do yeah. you drive a, how do you drive a station wagon on, or like, through, yeah, either way. Uh, did you catch Danny Cooksey? Do you guys know who Danny Cooksey is? Yeah. He was the, the young brother, right? The the redhead kid who was, yeah. what who was, uh, John Connor's friend in Terminator 2. And he was Budnick. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's weird, though, the same friend that brought me to this movie actually was a... I think he was actually a pretty big fan of Danny Cooksey because Danny Cooksey was in a band. Really? He was in a band called Bad for Good, which is like a... I would say a kind of a rock version of Ugly Kid Joe, if you remember them. Okay. Which they did uh, I Hate Everything About You. But yeah. either way, so they're kind of like this, like kind of cocky early maybe version of of uh, Buck Cherry. Now, the only reason I'm talking about this is because I forgot about them completely. I forgot about him other than when I watched T2. And I was like, why? Like, who? Yeah, this guy. And it turned out that so I looked up bad for good and they're kind of hard to find, but you can you can do it. But their drummer is a guy named Brooks Wackerman. And after he left this like cheesy Ooh, band, mm-hmm. after he left this cheesy band, he went on to be one of the drummers like in Bad Religion. And now mm-hmm. he's the drum, and he was also the drummer for Suicidal Tendencies and, and Infectious Grooves. Oh wow! And now he's and now he's the drummer for Avenged Sevenfold. And it's like for usually if it's like a quote unquote celebrity band, that's like oh yeah, we'll just sign him because he's in that movie. Mm-hmm. That doesn't right. happen. That doesn't happen. I thought that was really, actually, very interesting because because if you are the drummer in a band like Suicidal Tendencies and Infectious Grooves, you know your shit. Yeah, like, that's true. Because that was a drum and bass based. I mean, the word grooves is in the band name, so kind of a weird little thing that I noticed. And thank you, Rob, for reminding me of a band. Who the one thing I remembered of that band is in one of their songs start off with the phrase "Come on, Queenie, rock my body." You're welcome. You're welcome, yeah. Greg. Jimmy just squirmed when I said, come on, Queenie, rock my body. <laughs> I squirmed <laughs> when you said Buck Cherry. So, Jimmy, what were your initial thoughts of this movie? Oh, 
I thought we did that. I, but go ahead. Uh, I I did. You did do that. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. I've, holy shit. <laughs> Rob is recording in a fugue state. <laughs> um, uh, my my thoughts wow. as I was watching this movie, like I said, I, I remembered it. I remembered it being it funnier when I saw it. And well, and and that was that was kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, because otherwise this movie sucks. I I will say in all fairness, I mean, first of all, I totally forgot how dic- how ridiculous this movie was. Mm-hmm. And well, and I've already talked about how good Kathy Ireland looked in her prime even if she couldn't act. Um yeah. But even and, wearing an eagle head. Yeah, and <laughs> while it is another movie with Jeffrey Jones, I I know I'm sorry about that. I apologize. Wait, is that but, the one you picked, or did I pick the other one? What was the other one we did with Jeffrey Jones? Yeah, I think I picked it. That was um, what was my last movie? What was it? It was three weeks ago. I'll look it up. You guys keep talking. All right. Um, and while while I know it was another movie with Jeffrey Jones, uh, watching this movie, I. I have to say it wasn't as good this time around as I remember it being the previous yeah. time that I watched it. But that being said, I will say this movie was John Lovitz in John oh, Lovitz element just, because yeah. this movie was totally up John Lovitz's alley. Oh God. And he, <laughs> he was, I, I mean, honestly, he was the highlight of this movie. Would you agree? Yeah. He, uh, he made me laugh. He repulsed he me. Yeah, and he made me uh, Transylvania six five thousand. Oh yeah, yes, yes. He was he was the uh, the mayor. Um, but man, hey, and I, I uh, a hairless John Travolta, or I'm sorry, a hairless John Lovitz. <laughs> <laughs> close enough. Close enough. <laughs> a, a John Lovitz looking in the mirror, uh, bald without eyebrows, is terrifying. Uh, yeah, that was like, hilarious. oh god! I looked away for a second. I come back, saw and him. and the whole story was just ridiculous enough to be entertaining, in my opinion. And there was some great delivery by Lovitz. And and while I know he's not he's not the best person in the world, but uh, Jeffrey Jones did in fact have a great straight man going on in this movie, mm-hmm. and and his his straight man compared with the idiocy of the desert dwellers which was the the kathy ireland and the the basically the children of the of the king that was deposed his straight man in those situations was was great he did a great job with that um and i I do have to i do want to talk about the idiocy because they were uh basically the whole point was that the planet was full of idiots and everyone was dumber than the last person, even you know the henchmen, right. the, the king, the the, right. the rebels, whatever. Yet their technology was so far advanced beyond ours. Yeah, it's like wait, they have a laser that can blow up the planet Earth, and they have a magnet that can pull a station wagon all the way from planet Earth, but they're supposed to be dumb. Yeah, mm. but again, you you really don't want to apply logic to this movie. No, no. And 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 in all honesty, I just love making making Greg watch the Wilhelm scream. Yeah, there was a Wilhelm scream. I mentioned it. It was in my notes. However, 
I did say it was a good one. It was in my notes written as a good one. This might be too bright. It was it was actually appropriate. Yeah. I'm not sure if you can see that right there. Nope. Uh, Wilhelm scream, a good one. Yep. Yeah. So I actually. It was, it was actually appropriate. It was a good use of the Wilhelm scream. This may be the first movie ever where Greg says it was yeah. a good use of the Wilhelm scream. I also screen. did, uh, I also wrote that. Good tech for idiots? No, below it. Uh, oh, okay. uh, your tag is underneath it. Lower uh, it a little bit. Real. Kathy Ireland, Real, even dressed as an eagle. Yep, yep. That. She was, she was, this was, uh, I, I swear, this was Kathy Ireland in her prime. Yeah. We. The most famous part of this whole movie, as Jimmy said, is the light grenade, the pick-me-up. God, I love that thing. sequence. It is I so love stupid. the introduction We're of it. We're going to need some reinforcements. <laughs> the, the introduction of it, where he's like, ah, this grenade, I've got this grenade. If anyone picks it up, they die. And someone's like, well, why would they pick it up? And he's like, ah, yeah, this Earth, is where it's Earth ingenious. Dick. Earth Dick was like, yeah. why would anybody pick it up? And he's like, ah. He turns it around and it says, pick me up. And he's like, diabolical, isn't it? <laughs> and I remember like, that sequence. What? And you know what's coming. And it's still funny. <laughs> it, it it really is. It really is. The, of course, yeah, the first guy that goes picks it up. The second guy is like, oh, he, he picks it up again, et cetera. And then, yeah, you end up with a pile of, <laughs> and like, cuts away disintegrated corpses. That was super funny. It, it, it really was. I feel I, like I that was it. the first, like, a scene that was written for some movie that, like, John Lovitz had in his head somewhere. And then was like, we need to build a movie around this scene. Yeah, they wrote the whole movie around that scene. These people have to be really dumb. Okay, good. Well, we got that. Uh, those aliens Open you mentioned. Open my pants. Those aliens you oh, mentioned, I referred to them as the the penis aliens. They, they did the little like underground swamp oh, yeah. thing. I was going to say mushrooms. mushrooms, but. Yeah, yeah I guess so. I, yeah. We, we the, know what Drake uh, has on his mind. Well, you know. Open my pants. <laughs> oh, the other thing is I did look up the director of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Wigan? Yeah. yeah. He's done okay for himself. Very, very successful. Very yeah. successful. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. Uh, basically, if there's a show on TV that one of us watch, he produced it. He produced Smallville, Falling Skies, Heroes. Uh Wow. He directed uh, an episode of the short-lived Swamp Thing. Yeah. Uh, Melrose Place. Uh, Nash Bridges. So, did a lot of that stuff. He has directed 58 things, mostly TV shows. He's actually currently directing uh, Lucifer, Nancy Drew. Okay. Um, so, he's doing okay. Timeless. You know, there's... Yeah. Um, this is one of his early movies. Obviously. Oh, and he also directed The Wonder Years. So, ooh, yeah, all right, and The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. But so he did okay. It's it's interesting when you see a movie that's bad, and a lot of times you look and it's like, oh, this is the only thing that person did. But then there's other times where it's like, okay, they learn from their mistakes, or it didn't kill their career, and that makes me happy because as stu- as silly as things are, I don't want it to kill anyone's career. Now, interestingly enough, didn't didn't John Lovett? Well, John Lovett's had to 
had to quit Saturday Night Live to finish this movie because apparently this movie was supposed to be filmed in the summer. It ran a little long and and Lorne Michaels was like, well, you know, it, basically Lorne Michaels didn't give John Lovitz an, uh, a choice. He said, well, either you finish that movie or you quit Saturday Night Live. And, you know, he had a previous commitment, so John Lovitz had to quit Saturday Night Live. Did he go back to Saturday Night Live after that? I didn't I didn't actually find any information on that. I didn't well, honestly, I didn't look it up. But do uh, we no, know if did John it. Lovitz was that the end of his Saturday Night Live career? This movie com, this movie ended John Lovitz's Saturday Night Live career? Yeah, right. You found that, right, Jimmy? Yeah. I guess uh I guess he thought it was gonna do better than it actually did. Yeah, it, so it did end his well. not because it was bad, but because he it, it was the overshoots, so they had to go back and they they he ended up missing the beginning of the season and Lord Michaels like, like, like two you. weeks or something. Yeah, so it did that. He had been back for cameos and things like that, but and I think he was a host at some point, but I don't have the actual research in front of me there, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what else you guys got? Should we should we do the money or do you have other plot points? Well, I will I will throw out immediately that the, this movie was a huge bomb. Um, the yeah, colossal. The, yeah, the, the the budget for this movie was what fourteen million, mm-hmm. and it grossed just over two million. Like it made like two million thirty four thousand or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this movie bombed, and. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, somehow I was one of the people that actually saw it in those two weeks. I, as was I. Yeah. Which is crazy. Uh, I guess we, we were, what, like 14, 13, something like that. How old were we? Uh, we were yeah. 92. Nine, that was our freshman year in high school. Yeah, we were like 15. So that's 91, like, so nine, Yeah, 91, 92 was our freshman year in high school. Yeah, so 15. The uh, Bulldogs and uh, Kathy Ireland were probably right up our alley. <laughs> um, the reason why John Cleese was randomly in there in a bit part was because this movie was written by his son-in-law. You mean Eric Idle? Was it? Oh, it was Eric Idle. Yes, it was Eric Idle. It, it was Eric Idle, and it was written by John Cleese's son-in-law, which was why Eric that's, Idle was in mm-hmm. the movie. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, that's why I was, when I was like, how did they get him? Because that was when they were a lot of those guys were doing sort of serious comedies, mm-hmm. fish, fish called Wanda, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. It's like how did that happen? But then I saw that. That's why. Yeah, it was written by the son-in-law of John Cleese. That's why Eric Idle was in there. Thank you. So, uh, I guess I'll ask the question because I always do. Go for it. <laughs> Remake? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. This this movie is is terrible. I I recognize that this movie is terrible, but it does hold a special place in my heart because I did enjoy this movie. This was a movie that that my dad enjoyed as well. We laughed about it, and I thought it was funny. But it was it, I mean it's 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 bad. It's it's bad. It does it does have its moments but it's, it's not a great movie. And if you're looking for something to do and just kill some time, absolutely watch it. 
but please don't don't remake this movie. So should, so after seeing this movie, do you feel they should chemically castrate John Lovitz to make sure that never happens? No, again? John Lovitz was the highlight of the movie. I mean, he was the only good actor <laughs> yeah, in this film. I'm kidding, Mr. Lovitz. John Lovitz was the only was the only shining point of this movie. Acting genius. Love me some John Lovitz. Okay, Jimmy. Uh, should they remake this movie or castrate John Lovitz? Remake the absolutely movie. not. No, and castrate John Lovitz. No, the critic was okay. amazing. I love John Lovitz. Oh yeah, it was yeah. Mutton that... chops or goatee? <laughs> Mutton chops. Yeah. I remember that part actually. That part actually kind of freaked me out a little that he was killing uh... his people for like not having the right opinion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, I guess that leaves us to our question. What is our question, Greg? Uh, well, our question is, uh, let's see how we phrased it here. Um, so okay. your top five gags from otherwise bad movies. Yeah, so top five gags from otherwise bad movies. So movies that are comedies or even not in some ways, but movies that you see because of a funny part. They're considered bad by some people. Yes. Right. But there's that one scene that was in the trailer. You see the movie and you're like, man, this one scene makes the movie better. Or, uh, yeah, or makes the movie a lot more watchable. Well, give us your five so you can get to bed. I will. Damn it. My number five to set the tone for this is going to be the pick-me-up grenade from... The movie that we spoke about tonight, Mom and Dad Save the World. Uh, no further explanation Excellent. required. Excellent. Number four is probably... Super funny. We're going to need reinforcements. <laughs> My number four is probably not the funniest scene from this movie, but it's the one that gets me every time. Uh, a character in the movie Idiocracy is watching TV and one of the most popular... TV shows in the dumb and not so distant future is a show called Ow My Balls. And the little trailer for it is hilarious. It's just people getting kicked in the balls. Number three is uh, probably going to be number one on our friend Mitch's list. And it is a scene from the movie Year One starring Michael Sarah and Jack Black. They are, um, I believe, hanging from their feet in a, a type of prison, and Michael Sarah can no longer hold his water. So while hanging upside down, he starts peeing. And you can imagine <laughs> where that goes. The trailer, uh, I'm sorry, the clip of that kills me every single time. Number two is the thriller zombie from the spectacularly bad Return of the Living Dead 2. Now there is a zombie wearing uh, the leather... Uh, jacket and pants that Michael Jackson wore in the Thriller music video. He gets electrocuted and he starts dancing like Michael Jackson. Number one, a lot of people would say, Jimmy, you're crazy. That movie was great. Well, I tell you that a lot of people didn't think so. That is Trey Parker and Matt Stone's Team America, the barf scene absolutely kills me. Every time I use that GIF all the time, uh, GIF, I 
I don't care. The the creator of that shit can come out and say GIF, but I'm going to say GIF. Uh, <laughs> that is the bar scene for me. Team America, just once you think it's over, it just keeps going. And there's no way a person could produce that much vomit, but a doll does. Excellent. Nice. Okay. I've had my number five has been hard to figure out. I have cycled through the dinner scene in Nutty Professor, but I wouldn't really consider that a bad movie. It's actually mm-hmm. a pretty good movie. But hearing the grandma say, I'll slide this knife right up the crack of your ass is always good. I I toss this between the crack of your ass. You walk over, but you limp it back. Was it that Mike Wallace? He make me wet. With, <laughs> I oh, ain't no easy win. The, Don't let the gray hair the fool Jerry you. Jerry Lewis movie. Yeah, yeah, we'll say yes, but no, Eddie Murphy. Uh, then the movie Life sprung into my mind in the cornbread scene. Also funny, but it sprung up on me like a sausage. I don't know what that means. The sex scene in Sausage Party was uh, with the buns was the funniest part of that movie. Um, I believe, actually, I believe I saw that movie with Rob in the theater, and I was uh, sort of gasping for breath uh, at that part um, because of the the sausage sex scene. So we'll go with that as number five. Uh, Me, Myself, and Irene was one of those weird movies where Jim Carrey was like being funny but also wanted to have a dark side. And the t- after he uh, hooks up with uh, Irene, or his alter ego hooks up with Irene and he goes, and he doesn't realize it happened because he was, you know, uh, not possessed, but he was in his other state and he goes to pee and the pee squirts like straight up into his face. A lot of pee humor in our list. He like squirts up in his face or on the wall or whatever. He's like, why have I, why did I pee? Like I had sex all night. I, that, I like that. Um, the movie 43, uh, terrible movie. Go ahead. What were you going to say? You're about to you, type something. You said you liked that. I did. I did. It made me laugh. Uh, movie 43, the movie that had every actor in Hollywood doing weird, dirty, f- supposed to be funny things, but they weren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scene in which the, uh, which Lave Schreiber and his actual real life wife are bullying their homeschooled child in the shower and like smacking his books out of his hand or whatever. That was actually funny. It was in the trailer though. And that was really all you needed. We'll go with the pick me up grenade as number two. And one of the movies that I actually said was an underrated comedy in general, but grandma's boy, the monkey scene with the monkey kicking him down the stairs. Cause he got a monkey and it learned Kung Fu or karate. And it <laughs> does a ninja kick as he's going up the stairs, the basement stairs. Um, it still makes me laugh to the point of where I am unable to breathe. So look that one up. Look up the monkey scene from Grandma's Boy. Excellent, excellent. There was there was a couple that you guys missed, and I'm surprised that you guys missed at least one of them. However, I will say that my number five is going to be from a movie. Um, that had Samuel L. Jackson in it. It was it was called Deep Lucy. If you remember that movie, it was a shark movie. It wasn't great. And the scene wasn't meant to be funny, but it was effing hilarious. 
the scene this where Sam, a big star that was supposed to be in the movie but was only in it for like a minute and a half. He was, and Samuel L. Jackson was in the middle of giving this excellent speech when a shark comes out of nowhere and bites him and drags him into the sea. And it was like, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. It was great. I loved it. So that's my number five. I think that was the era when they put big stars into movies and killed them off early because of like screen. Yeah. Yeah. My my number four, I want to place this higher, but my number four is going to be the light grenade from Mom and Dad Save the World because it was just a ridiculous scene and I, I loved every minute of it. We're going to need reinforcements. It was it was funny. It was yeah, it, it just flowed with the movie. It was really great. The number three scene is going to be from a Disney movie that did not get all of the due that it that it probably should have. And I don't know whether you guys saw it or not, but we may or may not have to review this at some point. But it was a 90s movie, which is why I haven't brought it up. But it was the Disney movie Rocket Man. Have you seen that? Uh, yes, I have. I used well, to play the... Uh computer game all the time it was not a great movie however the scene where he farted into the tube that they were (laughs) sharing an air supply with makes me laugh every time i see it and just watching watching norman osborne going no 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 well it wasn't norman osborne but just watching the guy going no 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 and then and then having the fart come into his suit and you see his mask fog up and he's like, oh, it's, it's in my mouth. Oh, oh, God. Oh, what? And then have have Harlan Williams go, it wasn't me. Just it just kills me every time. I love that scene. And neither one of you reacted. Whatsoever. I'm, I'm trying to find it because I don't remember that movie at all. It was. It was funny. There's a couple of scenes. I'm, I'm watching. There's it. a couple of movies. There are a couple of scenes in that movie that I thought were absolutely hilarious. But that's my number three. My number two. Uh, all right. So my number two is going to be the one that I'm surprised you guys missed, and that is going to be the dead moth hang glider. Uh, in in your well, I think every part of that. Because I saw that and I laughed my ass off. I could not believe that he just grabbed that giant moth and used it as a hang glider. And I was watching it at Greg's house and I turned to Greg and I'm like, did he just use that moth as a hang glider? I did watch it twice. It was excellent. I love that scene. That is my number two. But my number one is from a movie that at least Jimmy and I love, and I think Greg loves it too. We love the movie. It's not widely recognized as a quote unquote good movie, but it's from evil dead Mm. Two, And it's the scene where the demon comes up from the basement and the eyeball pops out and shoots across the room. I still have vivid memories (laughs) of catching that scene while at a sleepover at my friend's house. And that scene made us laugh our asses off. We thought it was absolutely hilarious. And to this day, I still find it funny every time that scene comes oh, up. Oh, absolutely. What if the, does the Mac and me scene count with the kid in the wheelchair rolling down the hill and falling into the... No, ravine? that's just fucked up. Absolutely. 
Max Mac and Me is a terrible movie. So yes, you can count that scene if that's if you think that's. I think one. that's. I don't know if it counts because that movie was supposed to be serious and or that scene was supposed to be serious and that was not a attempted hilarious scene because it doesn't. It really, does. It, it doesn't, doesn't make matter. the scene better. But anyway, uh, guys, there are probably a million of these out there. Let us know what your choices are, because I know that we missed a bunch of them. He really wants you to do this. He's literally pointing at the camera. I totally mm-hmm. am. So you can contact us. You. Give me five pod. Twitter, Instagram. That's where you get us. You can email us. Give me five podcast at gmail.com. Or you can just check out all of our stuff at the give me at give me five podcast.com. The website that Jimmy has been tending to. Uh, you can figure out a bunch more stuff about us on that site, as well as find our Squadcast affiliate page. We record via a software called Squadcast. If you are interested in knowing how we do it, feel free to get in touch with us, and you can use our affiliate link to sign up, and we, you guys will also be able to record without having to sit in the same room with Drunk Rob. Um, and although, I guess if you were recording, you wouldn't have to sit in the same room with Drunk Rob, unless you want to, like, you know, unless we could trade him to you, maybe. For like a Gatorade cooler and a player to be named later. But anyway, uh, so uh, feel free to... Uh, I'll give you a penis us. for it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Do that. Uh, and thanks for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, and good... So, yeah, I'm okay with the quarantine. You're a bitch, too. (laughs) Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson have tested positive for coronavirus. Have they really? They sure have. They're old enough for it to make a difference. What about Wilson? I don't know. I thought she was a singer, but I guess not. No, he meant the volleyball. The bunt of volleyball. Oh, Greg. (laughs) 